Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. And today we are talking knowledge. We need to be continuously learning, or you will be roadkill on the information highway. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? It just was funny, Matt. Knowledge is very important. You're right. Very. We you need don't. Him. Yeah. You just. You have a very vivid imagination. You could see someone being run over on the information highway. Yeah. Roadkill. Dead. Knowledge. It's important. Very, very. That's important. why you're here. That's why you are a student at Brigham Young University. You're here to have your brain stretched wide with lots of information, history, and. You're studying Physics. what? Geospatial intelligence is what I'm studying. Boring. That is not true. That is not true. It's okay. so interesting. Talk about it. All right. Make me interested in it. You've got 10 seconds. All right. Well, think about how geography influences everything. The relationship between people, cultures, weather systems, landforms. It influences everything that we do. Boring. Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> See, that's a question I have. Why would I want to know that knowledge? We can talk after. You're going to beat me up? Yeah, with all my textbooks, all my atlases. I mean, somebody has to know that kind of information. So I'm glad you're willing to do that. Thank, Knowledge. Thank you. I'm, we I'm all have our is. own little form of intelligence. Everyone's got a different gift for how they're going to learn. Some of us, for example, you like geospatial intelligence. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's right. <sighs> Not me. I have I have social and emotional intelligence. That's very useful. That's, That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Don't ask for more. Okay, I won't. I'll make That's a note of that. Uh, today on the show, we're talking about knowledge, and we're going to be bringing on somebody. I, I, this guy's this this guy's. He's got brains. Man, he's a smarty pants. Ken Jennings won two and a half million dollars on Jeopardy. A lot of moves. How many shows was that? How how many? Seventy like two, seventy plus shows in game. a row. Yeah, he just stayed on seventy four. Seventy four shows. Yeah. That's a lot of shows. Wow, that's a lot of Alex Trebek. Yeah, <laughs> and he he's going to be, be on the show today. He's going to teach us about knowledge. We're going to have him tell a story, basically, and then we want to know. He's written books. He's he's got a lot of books out to teach us. He's got a book out right now called The Junior Genius Guides. They're designed to help kids. Learn stuff and know where to get stuff and find stuff. Those are his exact words. <laughs> to remind young readers that knowing stuff is actually supposed to be fun. So anyway, that's on the show today. But before we go there, we always like to get into our current knowledge base, which we call headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Michael Pond is joining us. Michael from the news desk. Here live. Here live. What, uh, what do we need to know? You What's know what? in the headlines? So it, it's sad. Most of the headlines today are full of people who are lacking knowledge. Well, for, yeah. 
And and so that's what we're going to talk oh, about. We're today. talking about Congress. Well, I mean, we try to avoid politics. talking about politics on the show, but there's a lot of different stuff going okay. on in the world. You, you remember, uh, you know, a lot of people just lack common sense, and that's yeah. different than than intelligence. Right. But but do you remember we, a few days ago we talked about the man who faked his death to get out of getting married? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't very smart. Well, I don't know. There was another man in yeah. Britain who maybe got some inspiration from this guy. He faked uh, being kidnapped uh, to to stay out later partying <laughs> without his girlfriend. And he texted his girlfriend, and he said he'd been kidnapped over a debt that's equivalent to about 82 uh, U.S. dollars. Yeah, yeah. And she, you know, unfortunately took the, the text very seriously. Oh, yeah, which you would. You called would. police, you mm-hmm. know, and... Uh, the Bobbies. They arrested the man's friend because yeah. he was the prime suspect in the case, and they were he was released later after he they found him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was lying. I was just kidding." Yeah, and the police were mad. He By got the a way, big fat fine. Didn't uh, uh, BFF a big fat fine? Yeah, uh, isn't that the same place where the other person faked their wedding? Wasn't that also in Great Britain? You know, I think they met in Great Britain. Oh yeah, and then they came back to the U.S. Yep. So there's, uh, again, a, a dearth of intelligence. Come on, you should know better. Just tell her, you, you know. Nah, but you know, once you're married, you'll understand. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it gets harder to tell. Th- but were they married? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Girlfriend. So this is, yeah, you should know better when you're just but, dating. But there was a Texas man last year yeah. uh, who was charged with making a false statement after he told his wife he'd been kidnapped to so he could go out drinking with his friends. The police found him, and then he told police uh, he, he'd done it because he was afraid of his wife. <laughs> and the police uh, that chief, is... the Hildago County Sheriff, uh, his name was Guadalupe Trevino, he told them, man, you know, we've never seen some guy, you yeah, know, yeah. lie to get out of the house. Right. See, what that is, that's a lack of um, emotional or social intelligence, because if he if he wasn't so afraid of his wife, he could just be honest. We need to just be honest. See, that's where I could help. I could teach him emotional and social intelligence. Then he doesn't have to go to jail. <laughs> it's a simple thing. It really is, but you know, for most people, I think. Wow, I these people! I, I, you don't have to be so it. afraid of your wife to risk going to jail. No wonder you guys aren't getting married. Yeah, it's, You're uh, afraid of something that... It, wives are wonderful. I'm not afraid of anything with my wife. I'm not afraid of almost anything. So so you tell the truth all the time? Almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I tell her. She listens to the show. I let a lot of the truth out on the show. In a joke. With a sarcastic twist. Then no one knows. <laughs> it's masked. It's masked. Uh, any other headlines? Yeah, there's a few other ones. Uh, are these also people that... Lack common sense. Yeah. Uh, so there was a Russian tourist who's been arraigned in Brooklyn for climbing the Brooklyn Bridge. Really? Is he the one that stole the flags? No, that was different. Uh, okay. That was two German What's uh, up with artists. the bridge? A lot of people are after yeah. that bridge. That's, there's, that's been three security breaches this month, the Brooklyn Bridge. Very popular bridge. So, you know, obviously not a good idea to get up on top of the bridge and gather a crowd, and so they have to get riot police <laughs> yeah. to... You, the, people thought he was going to jump off and kill himself. Well, so the people, people are doing that all. Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge is like where they all go jump. Yeah, there's if you walk across the yeah. Golden Gate Bridge, there's signs. Yeah, I, ju- I was just there. It's kind of sad. Feet. It's depressing. Hmm. That just made, that just took a very sad turn. Yeah. Well, let's go to a happier turn. Okay. Well, just uh, a plane got diverted 
from New Jersey going to Colorado to Chicago mm-hmm. because two passengers got over, they fought over a seat reclining. And woman threw water on some guy, oh, and they were boy. yelling, Here and they had go. to they had to land the plane, and and uh, again, once again, I- emotional intelligence. Right, they couldn't manage their emotions. Have, have you heard of the knee defender? The knee defender. It's twenty one dollars on Amazon, and it attaches to a passenger's tray table in in front, and it prevents the person in front of them from reclining. So this guy had a knee defender, uh-huh. and this woman was ticked because she couldn't get her seat back. Exactly. And uh, a fight ensued. Did he use his knees, or is this an actual device you attach? You attach it, but it's to defend your knees. I don't think you need to. You know what? Uh, have you up. ever heard of the preschool defender? No, that's the that one. Work? It's like that, but you just have a little preschooler that just keeps moving the head rest in front of you, <laughs> and it just shakes him so much that then it drives that person crazy. It's neat. That's that's a neat device. We'll they call it the preschool defender. But I mean, come on, people. Yeah. Can we not just be a little bit socially intelligent? To well, he was that person was brilliant. He's he came with an apparatus. They're illegal, by the way. They're illegal. Yeah, most airlines ban them, and in some states, they're illegal. A, a knee defender. Yeah. Y- you be- because people fight over it. Oh sure. But you know what? Just let me. I'm going to let a secret out of the bag. And okay, again, I don't think it. this takes Ken Jennings' level of intelligence. You could just use your own knees. You don't need like an apparatus. You could just put your <laughs> knees up there. Boom. Those aren't illegal. Save it's, you twenty one bucks. Mine go with Free. me. Mine my yeah. knees are with me everywhere I go. And a lot of times they even arrive before me. Wow. That's that's impressive. Totally. Looking getting some of those. See how easy that is? Intelligent. It's common sense. It seems common sense. But you know what? It's not. But if you've ever played the game Jeopardy, you'll know knowledge is not common sense. I'm horrible at that game. And yet, nonetheless, we've got the guru, the king of Jeopardy is joining us after this break. Ken Jennings is his name. Two and a half million dollars up on the game of Jeopardy. 74 games the man won. We're going to pick his brain on how to keep, you know, our knowledge growing. How do we keep learning? How did he get to where he got to? We want to hear his stories. This is the Matt Townsend Show. When we come back, Ken Jennings right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we got a great show for you today. Today we're talking about learning, knowledge, lifelong learning. Do you consider yourself to be uh, a lifelong learner? A, are you constantly in uh, in a desire with a goal to continuously uh, learn, keep pushing yourself intellectually? Also, would you do you consider yourself smart? Because it seems like uh, to me, smart is very subjective. Some of us. Street smarts, you know, some of us have street smarts. Some of us just can retain and remember everything that was ever said to us. Some of us have spatial intelligence where you can just organize. I have a brother-in-law that he can just, he helped me load my uh, trailer when we moved. And that guy fit everything I owned in one trailer, just like a Tetris game. It's, it's a form of intelligence. But on the phone with us right now... We have a guy, uh, Ken Jennings. I know you've all heard of him. He, um, he really is the man that put Jeopardy to the test. 
So way back, I think it was, uh, we'll see, 2004, I believe it was, he, um, he basically was invited to go on Jeopardy. Uh, his name is Ken Jennings. He went on there, if you remember, won 74 games in a row. They had just changed the rules where the winner stays on, basically. He stayed on for 74 games and won about $2.52 million, breaking the American game show records. Uh, he's with us today. He um, lives in Seattle, has a wife. His wife is Mindy. He has a son, Dylan and Caitlin. They live there with their beautiful, excitable little dog named Chance. Ken Jennings, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. So good to have you. Now, Ken, you you've done more than just than just one show, one game show. You're a best-selling author. You are a huge trivia buff. You've even written books. You're you're doing a lot. And meanwhile, you know, you've been on every show you can imagine, Late Night with David Letterman, Regis Kelly, all those shows. What talk about how does somebody become so what's the word? Just outstanding at games, at understanding trivia. <laughs> it's uh, it's tricky, you know, because you'd like to think, oh, anybody, you know, anybody could do it. Right. And I think that's true to a degree. But, uh, you know, I've met a lot of sort of trivia savants, you know, other <laughs> weirdos like me. And uh, and we do seem to all, have all been like that out of the box, you know, just yeah. uh, you know, weird kids who are just always reading, always uh, curious about stuff. You know, the kids that spout off the facts from the Guinness Book of World mm-hmm. Records, you know, that just seem fascinated by the the woman with the longest fingernails in the <laughs> world or the, the size of the biggest waffle ever baked or, you know, right. the sort of dumb stuff. But, you know, little kids, little boys, little girls, you know, just obsessed with this kind of stuff. Um, seem to stay like that for their whole lives for whatever reason, and I was certainly one of them. Well, you floated to the top. You were, you were actually writing trivia, right? You were writing trivia before you were ever on the show, and you saw all your friends that were per- participating in these kind of high school, you know, quiz tournaments and stuff like that. You saw them getting on these shows, and then you thought, "Hey, I, I could probably do that." That's true. When I was at BYU, I was actually on the university quiz bowl team, which got uh, unceremoniously defunded <laughs> in, uh, several years later. But before the honors department decided to kick our butts to the curb, I actually, <laughs> I actually, uh, I was, I was, I captained the BYU quiz bowl team, and uh, yeah, I, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, it's a very unglamorous kind of world, as you might imagine. Yeah. You know, we'd just spend the weekend driving down to the Bay Area or to LA or somewhere to uh, to play quiz games and, you know, some humanities building on some campus somewhere against other like-minded nerds. And, uh, yeah, I, you started to see, I started to see people from, I, I knew from those tournaments crop up on game shows. You know, I saw some guy I knew win like over $2 million on Millionaire. And I remember thinking, well, that's just Kevin. Like, I, we beat that <laughs> Kevin. Guy, you know? Yeah. And what does Kevin of, know? Sort of, exactly. And yeah. it started to occur to me, wait, these are real people on these shows. You know, Interesting. I've watched games since I was a kid, but I suddenly realized, wait, People I know are just trying out for these. You know, well, why am I not doing this? Did Did you have any idea you'd be that good? No, I. You know, I, I definitely knew it was the kind of thing I liked, and it was. It had always been. You know, I'd always been the guy in the room where everyone's like, "Oh, hey, this guy will know what's the name of the. You know, what's the yeah. name of the bassist in that band or whatever. You know. Yeah. But uh, but the thing about Jeopardy is every single person who gets on the show is that person in mm-hmm. their office. You know, <laughs> like so. I sort of figured my, my goal was not to be the person who. Uh, 
who has like the negative amount of money going into Final Jeopardy. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be that show. one. Right. No, if you're, if you're negative, you get kicked off and you just disappear and no one ever mentions you again. Like, oh, where's, uh, where's <laughs> you, Brian? Oh, I don't know. You just so become a trivia. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. so I, you know, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to make it through a game and not humiliate myself. Well, and you did talk about how you got. So, how did you get on Jeopardy? Of, I mean, of all of them, because a lot of your friends, I guess, were doing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But I, I mean, I wonder if you would have made more money. What do you think? I mean, was I guess Jeopardy worked out? You're, you're okay with Jeopardy that? Jeopardy had always been my show. You know, when I was growing up, I actually grew up overseas, and in uh, when I lived in South Korea during the '80s. There was only one TV channel. So me and my friends had to watch the exact same shows at the exact same time every day, yeah. through, you know, through the good graces of Army TV. And so I would come home from school every day, and Jeopardy was on. And because it was the only thing on, like, me and all my friends became just obsessed with Jeopardy. <laughs> and, uh, and it was always my favorite show, and I just thought, damn, these people are so smart. How do they, uh, how do they know all that? So when I started to look in, you know, I started to see friends trying out for game shows, I thought, you know what? I should get online and find out how you get on Jeopardy. Mm. So you just look it up, and then all of a sudden, I guess you put your paperwork in, and then they called. Yeah, me and a friend, a friend of mine who, yeah, he still lives in, uh, still lives in uh, Utah County, actually. We drove down to L.A. just to try out for Jeopardy, which they tell you not to do. Cause it's, <laughs> like, super long odds of getting on this show. Yeah, the groupies. You were the groupies that showed up. That's right. We're like outside. We're in the hotel lobby at yeah. 1 a.m., hoping to, hoping to see Trebek. I love so Jeopardy just, signs. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you just go to uh, you just go to some hotel and you take this very hard written test and if you pass they do a little they do a little mini interview. Um, but you know you could be boring in the interview as you know if you've ever seen. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's not a personality <laughs> contest. You're just you're just there to yeah. hit the trivia. It is not this congeniality. For sure. <laughs> and then uh, and then they're like, yeah, don't call us, we'll call you. And a year later, I'd totally forgotten about the whole thing. And then this guy named Bob calls me at work and say, we want you to be on in two weeks. Holy cow. But you were you were at the time you were a software engineer for a Salt Lake City healthcare company, just hanging out, regular engineering guy. And then you get a call. You got two weeks to get there. What do you do to start preparing? I mean, how do you oh, ramp up? Yeah, I freaked out. I really wanted to to cram. I realized I should have been cramming the whole yeah. time. So I started watching Jeopardy like twice a day. I remember at the time K Jazz would show Jeopardy reruns like <laughs> in the morning or something. Yeah. So you could watch like twelve Jeopardies a week or something. So I started taping them. What's Mindy thinking? Them. Is Mindy thinking? Oh, she, what a weirdo. She was keeping score. She was she? Was, uh, okay. She was yeah, into this. Yeah, she was helping out. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's you great. know, I think she could tell I was obsessed. And, yeah. You know, in two weeks this would all be over. Yeah, this so is Nirvana. Could, you know, this is a dream come true. This is the big right, deal. Right, So I'd be watching the show standing up, like pretending I was at a podium, standing behind my armchair, you know, yeah. clicking a ballpoint pen like a buzzer. Perfect. And she'd be keeping score and telling me how I did. And uh, <laughs> we made flashcards to study. We were, we were pretty hardcore. How cool. How, how old were you? I, had all, I was 29. I had not yet turned 30. Did you have any kids yet? Yeah, my son was like, my son was two or three, and he... <laughs> I don't think he knew what was going on then, but when I started to show up on TV, he got very into that, I remember. I bet he did. How cool is that? I mean, then you show up, and you walk in, and I imagine there's this incredible moment where you look over on the set, and there is that gray-haired man, Alex Trebek. And did your heart just drop like, oh, there he is. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this it is the boy like, you saw. You saw him as a boy. There, there's like your man. Teenage- 
I'm like a teenage girl meeting Justin Bieber or something. <laughs> it was, uh, oh, you know, you're, 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 I remember my heart was just racing. It's a real adrenaline kind of moment to be out there. It's nothing like just, you know, at home the show is just so chill. Yeah. And you can just sit on your couch and yell out an answer That's when you right. know it. And it's, it's just not at all like no. that in the studio. It is so intense. That is crazy to me. I mean, I can get that. Like, if I've had a dream, I don't dare tell everybody my dream, but it does involve big rigs. Um, but I just, I can only imagine your dreams coming true. You're finally there, and then you get on the set. Did you win the first game pretty handily? Yeah, I had, I had a good lead, and I'm thinking, hey, I might actually win. And suddenly... The, uh, the the woman next to me starts to figure out the buzzer, and she starts to, to catch up, and it, it became oh, very close, and yeah. I had to sort of make a lucky guess on final jeopardy. I, I could very easily have... How much did you win the first show? Uh, like 30, 30 35,000, maybe? I had to bet big, because it was a close game. Yeah, that's amazing. So then were you thinking, wow, I just paid off my whatever. I just paid off a loan. Yeah. Exactly. I'm debt free. I can replace my beat up old like Dodge Neon. You know, I was uh, I was I was perfectly happy to go home. Man, I was like, this is a win. That is so cool. Then you won how many more? And then I guess you were on for seventy four more shows, seventy three more shows. I was was on for like six more months. Did you stay there? Did you live there? How did you have a job? (laughs) No, they had. uh, they do five in a day. Oh, know, so okay. it's all a fraud when Alex is like, on yesterday's show. Yeah, okay. Really, it was like five minutes ago. So they'll do so I would I would drive, drive I'd fly down to L.A. For, uh, for like two days. I would tape ten shows and then drive back. And I couldn't tell anybody where I'd been because it was like yeah. they weren't going to air for a month. So I had like this secret identity where like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like Clark Kent and my You're boss is lying for me at work. Exactly. I've got yeah. this glamorous double life. So it was a very weird summer. That is crazy. I mean, and you were young. 29 is young. But, I mean, you're more, and this is what we're going to talk about throughout the show, Ken. You're, I mean, Ken Jennings is more than a Jeopardy appearance 74 times in, you know, 2004. He's, he's an author. He's a great dad. I, I can only just assume. But I, I've seen good stuff about you. I want to take a break with you, Ken, and come back and have you talk about one of the books you wrote is a book uh, called Because I Said So which is helping us debunk some parenting cliches. We'll talk a little bit more when we get back about Jeopardy and kind of how the, what the money's done to you. I'm sure you're just, you know, I don't know, bathing in champagne now. Well, you're a Mormon. We don't do that. So you're just hanging out. We're going to take a break. More with Ken Jennings after the break right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, a very, very special guest on the uh, phone with us. Ken Jennings is joining us. You know, Ken Jennings' claim to fame, original claim to fame, was he taught Jeopardy what Jeopardy's all about. He uh, he took it. Two and a half million dollars. He, he won in 74 games on Jeopardy. And... Um, just a smart guy, a smart guy who went out there, lived his talent. One of his talents, honestly, is trivia. In fact, he's written books on it, so let's not think he's just, you know, a flash in the pan. This is a this is a guy that's the real deal. He's an author. He's written a book we're going to talk about in a minute, Because I Said So. Another book's called Map Heads, which is charting the wide, weird world of geography wonks. 
Uh, he also has a, trevi- a trivia almanac, um, which is 8,888 questions in 365 days. It's a trivia bonanza stuffed with oddball historical events. He also has another book called Brainiac. So, Ken Jennings, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. Hey, by the way, anybody, you can go to his website, Ken uh, Jennings.com, Ken Jennings.com. Uh, to get any of those books, to get more information about them. But, Ken, I think it's—so uh, here you sit, you go through 74 games, you keep winning, you keep winning. You then have to go home, you see your wife, you play with your son. He's loving how Dad's always on TV. Um, what happens—how did you get out? How did you—what question would Ken J- Jennings not know? Oh, it's the last game, I— uh... Let's see. Uh, you know, it's just a few things happening. You know, it's, you know, Jeopardy has uh, you know, it's a lot of luck. You, uh, yeah, you got to, you, you know, you bet a lot on a certain question, and that's too much. So I remember I got a few questions wrong in a row. I bet too much on one about uh, the Battle of Bastogne from World War II. <laughs> wow! And then I didn't know uh, what a bell-shaped hat was called. It's a cloche, by the way. A little fun fact for you there. You'll never forget uh, that one. Never forget any of these. And then the last one was about H&R Block. You had to name a company that hired most of its workers for just a few months out of the year. Oh, and wow. I had, I had no clue. It was, it was a tax prep company, H&R yeah. Block. And the, the, the lady next to me, I think she knew all three of those. Did she really? And, and she won. So, uh, but I can't believe it didn't happen sooner. You know, the law of averages, there were at least a dozen games where, you know, if, if one question goes the other way, I, I lose. So yeah. I, it, it had gone on as long as it possibly could. What, what do you do so you... You shake everyone's hand. You know, Alex is now just a regular guy. He's not. A, he's not deity anymore. He's just Alex. You shake his hand. You say goodbye. I mean, I know that you've always been kind of in in uh, Utah, this iconic figure. But I, I think everybody by then knew you. I guess you then just say goodbye and take your money, and then where'd you go? I had to figure out what I wanted to do. I mean, uh, you know, winning a couple million dollars on Jeopardy is nice, but that's not, you know. Yeah. Go buy an island money, you know. You, right. you still got to figure out what your what your job is. And I had never been a very good computer programmer, frankly. I had a BYUCS degree, and it served me very well, and it paid the rent every month. And uh, But I, I wasn't that great at it, and I thought, well, what I really liked, you know, I really like to write, and I was always good at just knowing tons of stuff. You know, can I, you know, can I... Can I write books for a living? And I thought I'd give it a shot. And yeah. uh, 10 years later, it's it's working. Is that all you're doing now is authoring? Yeah, I, you know, I, sometimes I'll speak at places or do the occasional TV thing. But pretty much, you know, what I do during the workday is, uh, is I write. I've got books coming out or something to write for. Uh, i got a deadline for a magazine or the Internet or something. I'm pretty pretty much full-time. One of the books... I wanted to talk to you about is because I said so, which by the way is a phrase I use regularly in my parenting. And basically this, the book, because I said so, it's, it's, it's trying to help people, I guess, understand the truth behind the myths, tales, and warnings every generation passes down to its kids. Talk to us about that. I had kids myself and, uh, I suddenly realized I was just parroting all this advice I'd heard from my parents and, uh, and I had no idea if it was true or not. You know, I, I could have been totally lying to my kids if I say, you oh, know, don't crack your knuckles. That's bad for your joints. Or, you know, don't, <laughs> right. don't sit too close to the TV. You know, and the great thing about living in the information age is that, you know, this stuff has actually been researched. There are good, you know, case-controlled studies now about the five-second rule or how long gum <laughs> will sit undigested in your stomach. You yeah. can actually work on all this. And I thought, 
you know what? There's no good reason in 2010 why I should be lying about this stuff to my kids. Yeah. Let's, let's get the real answers. And it turned out a lot of them were not true. Oh, wow. So we are, we, you know what? We're, that's why our children are, are turning out so troubled now. Because we've we've got all these myths that need to be debunked. Did you have any of them that were favorite? Your favorite? What what did you learn that was a myth that you're like liar? Mom's a liar. I could not. The one I still to this day can't believe is that there's no evidence for sugar rush. You know that oh really eating sugary stuff makes kids hyper. Like there's there's no evidence for it. They they, they can see that parents will perceive it. You know if you if you tell parents that a kid has had a sugary drink, they'll be like, oh yeah, look, and now he's running around. <laughs> But, um, but really, there's no uh, physiological effect at all. It's just the parents, you know, because you, you can see how this works. You know, a parent would rather say, oh, well, you filled in full of birthday cake. You know, that's right. much better than, oh, wow, my kid is the terror of this party. You know, it's more <laughs> flattering to you to pretend it was the cake. That's so funny. That blows my mind. Hey, what about, okay, what about this one? You'll know this. What about swimming after you've eaten? Oh, so there's no evidence for that either. The the Red Cross has never had a single case of anyone, you know, <laughs> cramping up, you know, with with fatal results yeah. uh, in the pool. It's it just never happened. You know, so, you need to uh, actually check with the Coast Guard because that's where that <laughs> that's where they'd cramp up. It's so it's going to be in the ocean. It's true that you you know if you try to eat a Thanksgiving dinner and then swim across the English Channel, it may not end well. <laughs> yeah. But in general, you're at a picnic, you know, you yeah. finish your egg salad sandwich and jump right back in the pool. It's fine. Well, that's what's funny. I mean, if you ever saw what Michael Phelps ate before he would participate in his swims, the, the dude's eaten a lot. So, You know, when, when people do long-distance swims like that, often they'll have somebody in a boat next to them, like, feeding them. Because you can't, you know. Yeah, you need calories. Um, you're doing some day-long swim, exactly. You need the carbs. What, um, any other myths that just were fun to, to debunk? Some were, you know, some, you know, and a lot of a lot of the great ones were not true. you you, you, everybody uses more than 10% of their brain. Yeah. Close to the TV doesn't do a thing. Popping your knuckles does not give you arthritis. But, but on the other hand, some of them, some of the weirdest ones would be true. Like chicken soup actually is better for a cold than a lot, than any other liquid tested. So really? you know, sometimes, sometimes mom knew her stuff. See, she wasn't. Yeah. What, where do you, I guess the myths, is it just that we're not thinking? I mean, like we just hand them down. I guess it's, it's just an old wives tale. We're just using what we think everyone else knew that's part of it and i think a lot of it is just that parents are are paranoid you know you know the famously there's no instruction manual for having a kid but we love them and we don't want to risk screwing anything up so when in doubt we just forbid you know yeah. and uh and i feel like that actually does our kids a disservice you know we're going to wind up with a generation of just sort of overparented helicoptered kids that never got to try anything and always had someone you know telling them that might be dangerous better not you know yeah. uh, and that's it's probably not good for this for society. What do you see? I mean, what's it like to be Ken Jennings' kid? I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure because <laughs> I mean, is it? How do you? And what do you see going on with your kids? How old are they now? My son's eleven, and my daughter's seven. Yeah, um, and they both seem to have avoided whatever. I mean, you know, not having some weird, you know. Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt kind of childhood where people are always, you know, there's no paparazzi just because you're on Jeopardy for a few months. (laughs) People don't follow you, yeah. Right, it's pretty low-key, honestly. But but they both seem to be sort of uh, of like the way I was when I was a kid. Particularly my son is very much trivia nerd in training. Oh, good. uh, And that's nice. You can, you know, I I really think that kind of curiosity is a good thing. Unalloyed good, you know, nothing but good. And uh, and I try to encourage that. Does, Does your wife... What's your wife like with trivia? Does she love it, or does she like just kind of de- default to you? She 
she's pretty good. She, um, you know, she's actually beaten me. I think she's beaten me at scrap. She's beaten me at Trivial Pursuit. You know, I, uh, she, she's a, she's very smart, but I think she knows that's sort of my thing, you know? Yeah. She's, She's not going to try to go on Jeopardy and win 75 times. She knows it would threaten my masculinity, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like top that. Does it, uh, it's funny too, I guess. Um, do you think about going back and trying it again? It, there's got to be another game show that would love to try to take Ken Jennings on. I've done a few other game shows, and I really do just love it. I was a game show junkie as a kid, and it's, you know, I, I actually miss the adrenaline of it. You get to wear, you know, you get to, I, I'm sort of a Jeopardy thrill seeker, and I just love the excitement of, Ah, what's gonna happen? You know, uh, gotta uh, you know, gotta have be running on absolute 100% brain power, or you're toast. You know, right. and uh, and I miss that kind of uh, crucible. So I, I have done a few other game shows, and I, I really do miss I really do miss Jeopardy. Do you 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 could you need to be on TV? Just you just need to invent your own show. <laughs> when, Ask when Ken Jennings. Money kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah, you need someone to fund it. I'm gonna work on that for you. I've done a few game show pilots, actually. It's not, we're not living in a boom time for game shows. Yeah. It's tougher than you'd think. I bet it is. Uh, the, yeah, the market's down in the game show world. Um, true. Well, when I, I want to take a break, and then when we come back, I really want to get your idea about um, you know, kind of continuous learning. It seems like you're always in for another idea. You're always willing to learn another thing. And if I'm hoping there's some way we could catch on and figure out how to keep all of us, how, how we can all keep learning Uh, We're going to continue this discussion with Ken Jennings, Jeopardy's uh, $2.5 million winner, 74 games. You know, he made Jeopardy blush. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about knowledge, continuous learning. You know, life is about learning, right? Growing and knowledge. We thought, who would be better to have on the show than, I've got to give you these titles, the Christian Science Monitor called our guest Ken Jennings the king of trivia nation. Slate Magazine dubbed him the Michael Jordan of trivia, the sea biscuit of geekdom. Which is a great honor, a great honor. But he's more than just a trivia expert. He's also an author. And um, if you go to his website, ken-jennings.com, you can get a bunch of information about him. Ken Jennings, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Hey, so you just, uh, you win two and a half million dollars. And you just, I guess, invest it. And then what do you do? I'd play video games the rest of my life. (laughs) <laughs> what do you do? I had, I had already spent college playing video games 24-7, <laughs> yeah. so I, I was, I was well, ready to move on, I guess. Yeah, you were grown up. You're, you know what's fun, I think, about it is a lot of us, I remember watching you go through this and doing this, and th- I was thinking in my head, you go, man! But you, it's cool because you took, and you even joked about like being geeky, but really just brainy, and you took it and you just mastered your gift. This is kind of the hand you were held, or dealt, and this is the hand you were given. You got a great brain on your head and in, on your shoulders, and so here's the deal. I need to know. Do you think... I, I do, yeah, I do really believe that obsession is destiny like that. You know, that was, that was the thing I was good at, and somehow I should have been figuring out how to, 
how to make that work for me. You know, don't don't turn your back on a talent like that. It's a sacred thing. It really and don't you think some and we, and we all have something, don't you think? We all have something to offer somewhere, some yeah. way. Yes, and I think a lot of people sell out too too soon. You know, uh, well, you know, I'm really good at this, but I don't. I'm not really sure how to how that's a job. You know, yeah, uh, it's, no, it's yeah, worth, it's worth exploring for sure. How did and I, some of it? I maybe is just our educational system because it doesn't always work with an extreme, you know, skill set. It kind of, it's, it's more for the medium, you know, the, the middle of the arena. It's those on the fringe that have kind of something as strong as the way your brain works. I guess it needs a little extra help. Talk about education and continuous learning. How do you include that into your life? I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty big believer that, uh, that there actually is a secret to knowing stuff. You know, there's a, there's a reason why, there's a reason why know-it-alls know it all, you know. And mm-hmm. I've met a I met a bunch of these guys from from Jeopardy, you know, men and women. They don't sit at home reading the encyclopedia or memorizing the almanac. They're, they're weirdly normal people, actually, but they're just curious about everything, you know. Like no matter what the subject, they're very inquisitive about it. They're not like physics, come on, or you know, <laughs> yeah. opera, come on, or you know, whatever, country music, whatever. You know, these are people that no matter what it is, they're like, oh yeah, you know, they're open to knowing more about it. And when you're interested in a subject, you know, stuff just sticks. Nobody has to, nobody has to try to memorize the words to a song they like or, uh, you know, the names of the players on their favorite team. You know, right. your brain works just fine. It's just a matter of, of tricking it into being interested, you know. So if you can go through life with that attitude of, you know what, I'm curious about everything. I'm going to try to learn something new today. Like, you'll find new stuff everywhere to learn. Yeah. Well, and you even and focus it on your passion if if you're doing it with your passion, it's not going to be monotonous. It's not going to be difficult. It's it's going to be exactly. intriguing. Exactly, and uh, I, I think the highest goal would be you know to make everything your passion. You yeah. know why not? You know instead instead of just tuning out and being like oh baseball, I don't really like baseball. You know, you know, but, you know, give it a chance. Well, okay, you know, show me something interesting about baseball. I'd like to know something about whatever it is. Um, and I think you you know the, the the payoffs are real. It's not just then you can go on Jeopardy. It's you're more interesting to talk to. You're, you're more, you know, it's easier to get to know other people as a result. You know, you make better decisions because they're built on, you know, actual correct facts. Um, it's just a better life the more yeah. you know. I think I, I totally agree. And, and it doesn't always have to be, I mean, your gift could be, your gift isn't just trivia. Your gift is almost your ability to retain a lot of this, but your passion for it. I'm sure you're also, I mean, you're always just asking questions. You're always trying to figure out what what is the truth. Even in your bio, I'm reading somebody, I can't remember, oh, ESPN uh, magazine called him smarmy and punchable with the personality of a hall monitor. But um, what's what's amazing, I didn't know what smarmy was, so I went and looked it up, and I'm like, oh, my heck, I'm smarmy too. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all, so smarmy is, you know, what's just squishy, complimentary, I don't know. But I learned, because Ken Jennings is on the phone. I wanted to know what smarmy was. You know, I think about it a lot just as a parent. Often it'll be my kids just asking some, you know, my kids wanted to know the other day if fish sleep. Mm. And I, you know, and I guess some people would just be like, I don't know, shut up, you know. By the way, do they? Or, you know, or they'd just say, I don't really know. But, um you know, in the age of a cell phone, you can say, guess what? Let's, you know, hey, let's look it up. And it turns out some species do and some species don't. Oh, you know, wow. Some species will just, you know, apparently sharks and big fish pretty much stay awake all night and, you know, you, you yeah. never sneak up on them. Other kinds of smaller fish do sleep. And, uh, 
you know, I mean, we, we all learned a lot that day, you know, <laughs> having kids, they're always asking something dumb and you can be like that with yourself. You know, if you ever, if it ever occurs to you, Hey, wait, do fish sleep. I don't know. Instead of just, you know, yeah. immediately well, losing the train of thought. Why not? Look it up. You're interested for a second. Well, and that's, I guess that is the blessing of technology too. There are, I mean, all the answers that are, are at our fingertips. We, for the first time in history, we all have all of human knowledge in our pockets. And I don't think we appreciate that enough. Um, and I hope it doesn't make us appreciate it less, like, oh, why would I even bother to look that up? If I ever need to know, I'll just Google it. No, mm-hmm. there are real advantages to having that on the tip of your tongue. If you're, if you're interested in something, you know, look it up. That's powerful. You never know when. I love that, too. And do you have any insight, uh, just for the rest of us, like, about how to, to figure out what you're good at? How, how did you know, other than being stuck, I think it was in Korea, South Korea, um, you know, on your dad, your dad was an attorney there. Um, so you kind of had to, you know, you had to watch what was on military Perfect. channels, but how did you figure out what your gift was and, and what, what advice would you give to others and parents to help their children find their talents, their gifts? It was as simple as the thing I wouldn't shut up about, you know, the thing your kid is obsessed about. And I think as a parent, I often get annoyed. You know, my son just keeps talking about Minecraft, this game Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Minecraft. my kids love it. Uh, and I, it's, and it's all, you know, it's all your point of view, you know, um, you can say, no, that's dumb. Stop playing Minecraft and uh, go finish your homework. Or you can think, Hey, you know, maybe my, maybe he's going to be a structural engineer. You know, yeah. he's, maybe he's going to be an architect. You know, maybe he's going to, maybe he's going to do game design, you know, um, you know, whatever, whatever you're obsessed with, there's a reason for that, especially if it's, you know, not just a fad. If, if your kids are into Pokemon for a week, I would not think, uh, you know, I would not try to figure out how to turn that into a college major. But, yeah. That's, you know <laughs> yeah. what? I, by the way, I'm so glad you said that because two of the guys in our studio here love Pokemon and it's time they grow out of it. <laughs> so you, people do. I know. See, I told you guys. Listen to Ken. He'll take you all the way. Um, my, son, my, my 11-year-old's grown out of it two or three times. She's, <laughs> I guess she's very ahead of the game. But, um, <laughs> she is, yeah. She's, yeah. Well, I wish these guys were. Um What's really cool, too, I think, is once you kind of can narrow down what you like, uh, th- then there's something else it seems like you do a lot of, and which is, I think, what a lot of these books are for. You also have to put work into it. So it's one thing to be passionate about it, to know you love it. It's another thing you have to work. You have to, you have to exercise some discipline. Yeah, it's going to be work. I mean, I, you know, I, I watched tens of thousands of Jeopardy. I know people who go on Jeopardy now and they'll sit, there's a database you can go through and just play hundreds of thousands of Jeopardy clues and they'll do this for hours. They want to be the best. Um, I think, uh, but there's also, you know, there's also making it fun, especially if we're talking about kids. You know, I, I write these junior genius books for kids now trying to, you know, amazing facts about space or Greek mythology or presidents or whatever it is. And, uh, and I realize that kids, kids are pretty smart. You know, they can tell the difference between someone who's actually, you know, trying to be someone who's actually smart and funny about something and someone who's just trying to be, you know, yeah. trying to be a smart aleck or, you know, fake kid funny, you know, about a, a subject. They, they, they don't know when, they know when they're being condescended to and they know the difference between, you know, real and fake. And, uh, you know, there, there's ways to make stuff fun for kids and we, and we should be, we should be trying to do that. You know, we should not be agreeing with them. Yeah. You know, you're right. Greek mythology is boring. You know, kids, kids would love that kind of stuff if they, if they're, shown the right way. I mean, th- seriously, if they heard the stories, the stories are incredible. And you just have to find a way to reach, you know, to make it interesting, to make it exciting for you. I bet that would be, you'd be a fun dad just simply because there's no end to what you would know. I mean, and I think every dad could be, or mom could be that way 
if we're willing to learn and if we're willing to just, like you're saying, stay curious and be willing to look. And the cool thing about your books, they're not expensive. Um, again, like the one um, about junior genius guides, is there a different guide for different topics or is it one book? No, there's like there's six or seven of these things at least. So ancient Egypt, dinosaurs, you know, maps, whatever whatever your kids are into. And and, and I believe kids are the right audience for this. You know, they're absolutely growing. They're not like grownups. They're they're still curious. They haven't. They're not like us. They haven't given up yet. You know, a, a kid you can still get interested in stuff. It's not too late for them. Yeah, talk about just. We have a couple minutes left. I want to know. Um, you know, we all see people that get famous, they make a lot of money or whatever, and you probably would downplay that you're that, you know, level. But what happened to Ken? What did you learn about you, Ken, going through this process when for a while you were this iconic face and name? Is is there anything special you learned about Ken Jennings? Yeah, I guess a few things. You know, the, the the thing we already talked about about just uh, you know how I sh- you know I really should have pursued what I was good at. You know, instead of uh, instead of just saying, "Well, I like to ride, I'm good at trivia, but that's not really a living." Right. I'll just go work for a computer company and program. You know, I yeah, I really should I really should have given an actual talent a chance. Um, and I also learned that I think we live too much of our lives thinking, "Wow, you know, what if I." You know, if I just struck it rich, that would be the end of all my problems, you know. And, and I actually, you know, I had that experience before I was 30, you know. Yeah. Somebody had, somebody had, you know, Jeopardy sends me a check, and it's more money than I thought I'd ever have in my life. And, uh, you know, and actually then that, that's the, then the hard part started, you know. Well, that didn't automatically make me happy. You know, I, I guess I have more ch- op- options of what I could do, but um, but what do I really want to do? It's stuff like that that I should have been thinking about the whole time, yeah. you know. Well, what, what what would really make me happy? And uh, you know, you don't you don't have to confront that in many situations. No. But uh, but I should have I should have been thinking about that earlier. Well, and that's great advice for the rest of us. And also, in the end, it's not the money, is it? Absolutely not. I mean, the the you know, I remember just being so happy after every after every win, you know. And uh, they showed the the total winnings on the screen, but it didn't even seem like money. It just seemed like whatever points in the yeah. video points in space invaders or something you know, <laughs> what really felt good was actually you know having a goal like i'm gonna, I'm gonna do you know i'm gonna try to win on jeopardy and actually accomplishing this thing i wanted to do since i was 10 years old that's that's huge that's awesome ken jennings you are the man so appreciate you uh being on the show and and being such a great role model for the rest of us to keep learning and to keep our passion alive. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion about uh, learning right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach. Today, I will be your learning guide on the side, teaching you throughout the program. We're going to be working on how to create a lifetime of learning. Welcome to the program. We just had on the show Ken Jennings of Jeopardy fame. Holy cow, two and a half million dollars richer. He got to meet his idol, Alex Trebek. You know, what more do you need? What more is there than fulfilling your goals, your dreams? Like my dream was to have a radio show on BYU Radio. 
with my great friends here. Dream fulfilled. Check. And now I ask, is that everything? It, it's everything. <laughs> this was it. Dang it. You said I, that in a disappointed no, tone. No, I'm not disappointed. I just <laughs> need to dream bigger. Yeah. Anyway, before we go there, learning on a daily basis, it's easier when you're attending school. I remember that. It was just easier because you're, you're here to learn. Mm-hmm. So how can those of us that are out of school continuing learning in this life of chaos? We've asked Alyssa Banks to join us. Hello. How are you, Alyssa? I'm doing well. How are you? Excelente. What, uh, what tips have you got for us to have a, you know, a life of continuous learning? So I found a good list of tips on the Huffington Post, so we can thank them. Um, but number one is learn to think for longer. Hmm? So when you, when you have a task or when you have, let's say, a problem and you start thinking about yeah. it, and you're kind of like, eh, I kinda, yeah. I'm sick of this. I'm a short I'd rather thinker. do something else. Yeah. The attention oh, span, right? Geez. Yeah. It's a struggle for all of us, I think, with different areas, right? Well, that is pitiful. <laughs> it's too bad. Like, why can't we think longer? <laughs> you can't even think 20. The average attention span is like 24 seconds. Are and you serious? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not even there. <laughs> I got a solid 12 seconds under my and, belt. <laughs> and then if it's hard, that happened the other day. My wife, we put together a recipe uh-huh. together. We were doing a recipe. Yeah. And the, I pulled out the recipe book and I looked at it and I'm like, oh boy. Oh, too much. Too this much like, at once. All this the like steps. like 12 steps. Right? Yeah. I Ugh. get that. I understand. Yeah. So they give um, a recommendation to help out. Um, they say to meditate for five minutes a day and that helps train your brain to think for a longer time. Yeah. By the way, I've tried the meditation uh, CDs app. How'd I, have, it go? I, I fall asleep. Oh my gosh. I Every understand. Time. Every time. But. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that means I, I'm not even going five minutes, I guess. Well, you don't always have to use a CD or a tape or anything like that. Know, you can but, just sit there. Well, the way I right? would, I'd be like, um. Oh, you gotta be, um, yeah, and then official like, oh, about it. I wonder what om came from. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why do they say om? Hey, well, maybe that's what Ken Jennings does. No. Don't you think? No, I don't think it is. He, he I'm pretty, that guy sits and he that? reads and he studies and then he <laughs> dissects it. And then 12 hours later, he's like, I better stop. Okay. I gotta get back I'm to work. I'm kind of bored now. Yeah. Okay. That's a great idea. We need to think for a longer time. And you can expand that. If you just notice how long is your attention span? How long can you do something, especially if it's difficult? Anyone can do something for a long time if it's easy. Yeah. But if you have to think through something, like your taxes, a lot of people can't even do their own taxes because it's so difficult. Well, you might need to put your phone down if you're trying to meditate as well. Are are you talking to me as you're saying that? As you picked up your phone. Well, yeah. Ah. That's a great idea. I'm just going to point you out on no, my that's, that's, radio no, 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 that's here. All right. Sorry. It is Sorry my show. <laughs> but anyway, keep going. Okay, so number two is get over your grudges, which I wouldn't think of. Yeah, what does that mean? For um, something like this, but it says that this can help your mental strength immensely. So if you if you have a grudge against someone else and you let go of that grudge, yeah. you'll have more mental fortitude to devote to life and learning. Exactly. I like that. Isn't that great? So if you if you have a lot of people from your past that you have a you know, a problem with, mm-hmm. you probably don't have a strong of a mind today. Because you're using all that energy. Based on this, yes. I believe that. Yes. I totally believe Because it's willpower. You know, I've got to devote it one way or the other. Yeah. To well, the destruction of another human being uh-huh. or to the growth of my... You focus on that. Yeah, one or the other. You can't yeah. do both, right? What and if you, you like the grudge? What if like, oh, it, what if it's... that's hard. Well, here, I have an answer for that. Okay. Focus on why the grudge came about. Try to remember the reason. Can you even remember the reason? Hmm. 
But if you can remember the reason, is it still worth, you know, spending time on this grudge that really is ultimately hurting you and not yeah. the other person? You know, a lot of people, when they're saying to let go of a grudge, uh-huh. you got to let it go. Did you get over your grudge against the song? Nope. Uh, oh. <laughs> it just was regenerated right there. Okay, dang it. And you know what? I shouldn't do that. But what I'm trying to do is get it out of American Psyche. Okay. I'm trying to slowly. It's kind of like, do you remember when you got really nauseous eating something and you couldn't go back and eat it? Yeah, again? you got to face it. That's what I'm face doing. Face the fear. That's what I'm kind trying of to thing, get people right? to. I'm systematically trying to get them to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. By shoving it down their throat. Right, <laughs> right. There you go, James. He's okay. helping you out with well, that's that. Let's go with the grudge. That's a great That's a great advice. Yeah. What other advice you got for us? Okay, uh, number three, go somewhere completely out of your comfort zone. Yes. What do you think? I like that. I like it too. How, because that changed, what does that do? I mean, to me, it just makes my brain work a different way. I've got to yeah. reorganize. Yeah, well, I think typically you can't relax when you're in a new place, you're kind of you're a little bit more nervous with yeah. things, which can be a good thing. It can be a learning experience. Sure. Right. So and this is a good way to learn uh-huh. is by getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, because if you're still if you're seeing the same things every day, you've already mastered what you're seeing each day. Yeah. So you need to get out of your comfort zone. You know, you can travel out of your comfort zone, you know, physically or you can. Read a book that's a little harder than you would normally read. No, you or... know, I listen to talk radio that I wouldn't normally listen to. Hey, there you go. And it really helps me. Like, cause that's, that's the great thing about Sirius XM is that uh-huh. you can pick your station and there's a million of them. And so I like to pick <laughs> stations that, you know, that aren't normally in my world. That's but that's true. a great sign that you're learning if you get out of your comfort zone. Uh-huh. Good, good. I okay, what so. else? Give us more. Okay, um, this one says get rid of the junk boxes in your basement once and for all. Yeah. That's and I hard. think this goes back to the previous one of the grudges, you know. Yeah. Just psychologically, you know, you're dealing with uh, the attic or mm-hmm. the basement. It's really messy. I'm not going to go up there. I can't spend time there. Well, we have so much space in our homes that we can just pile stuff. Yeah, and put it out of sight. That's why I am convinced as soon as my last child leaves, I'm moving my family, my wife and I, I guess, to a 300 square foot trailer. <laughs> a 300, 300 square, square foot. 300 square foot. Okay. I don't and know then we won't have room right for answer. everything, so we'll have to get rid of everything. Well, that's one way, right? That's mm. one way. I think they call that a jail cell. Mm. Is that what that is? That's probably the right terminology, yes. Give us some more. What are some more <laughs> tips to lifelong learning? Okay, get up to date with your industry. Oh, yeah. So I think this is a good one because each of us, we're going to work each day and we're seeing the same things. It's monotonous and we're doing the same thing over and over. But this says um, discover new research in your field that can turn everything around and it can give you a leg up in your industry. That's cool. So it has to do with something you're doing each day. It doesn't have to be random or that's something right. that you don't really care about. That's, right. I, that's why know? I do a radio show because I I... I know a lot of the things these people are telling us on this show. I've already heard it. I've already read it. Right. But sometimes you learn a lot. Like, whoa, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, there's so new perspectives. put that on your list. Get your get a radio show. Oh, okay. Because getting a radio show, yeah, everyone should have a radio <laughs> show. It's just a great way to learn. I think so, too. Because then you got to study. you got to get up on things. Uh-huh. That's good. That's true. You got any more? Yeah, I do. You got one more. This is it. Bring it home. Make this okay. one count. This is the life changer one. Okay. Number six, learn from your elders. Yes. So true. Right. Uh, by the way, I am your elder. Yeah, I'm learning from you every day. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sean points, is my guess, elder. Right? <laughs> and Don is everyone's elder. <laughs> Don is the eldest. The eldest. I hope you didn't hear that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sean, watch out for him. Just let me know. Talk in my ear if you see him walk down the hall. Oh, boy, here he goes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, people... You need they're, they're they're seniors, they're elders for a reason. You've got yeah. to go to them and you've got to learn. Yeah. Well, I think they've been through different experiences and their times were different than ours are. Yeah. The issues seem to present themselves just in a different way. Right. And they might have a better way to deal with something than you do. That's right. There's something that's and that's important. If you are an elder, don't just, you know, don't let people discount you. Mm-hmm. You have incredible wisdom to bring to today's situation. Yeah. Even yeah. though you may not be tech savvy. Yeah. You still I agree. know the principles. There's other ways to help. Yeah. Wow. That was good. So. I'm glad I can be your elder. Well, thank you. I'm glad to have you as my elder. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't Mutual know. agreement it here. It's it kind of strange. It the seems title. like that's something I wouldn't be happy about. <laughs> but we are going to take a break. And when we come back, one of the great elders of uh, BYU Radio, one of the great elders, Mark Waite, is going to be joining us. Um, we're we're going to pick his elderly brain, even though he would probably say he's not an elder. Oh, boy, there's Don. Elders. Elders in the room. Don, you're not offended by that, are you? Not at all. I am. I embrace my elderness. <laughs> Your elderliness. Yes. Well, we, we love having you, and we love having Mark Waite, who will be up next, who, by the way, he will be the senior elder in the room. A lot, of, lot to learn from. He's going to talk about uh, knowledge our kids need to know to be successful, teaching your kids truth. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. More fun, more ideas right here on The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about knowledge, lifelong learning, and just the importance of, of keeping up on stuff. In fact, in the studio today is Mark Waite. Mark, uh, you know, joined Classical 89 in the world of public radio in 1993, back when the camels were still roaming across the plains. Where are you getting these facts from? Is somebody, like, Googling me That's or in your bio. Really? Yeah, you ought to go take the camels out if you didn't like that. <laughs> You're an audio engineer. You're the host of BYU Radio Through the Garage Door. In fact, many would say you're the radical kind of uh, snarky host. Nitro burning, ground pounding, <laughs> funny cars. Did I just hear that a minute ago? Yeah, you did. That, that in my imagination. No, that was on Classical 89. <laughs> we don't play that kind of stuff on this side of the station. Uh, dad, father of three. Mm-hmm. Husband of one. Husband, just one. Uh, well, I, I'm glad you're on, uh, having me on the show because I'm a poster child for a lack of lifelong learning. No, that's not true. I, I respect you because you, just with your music, because you present classical music, so you have to learn everything about every song. Or fake it. Is that what you're doing? Oh, yeah. Because you're good. <laughs> There's this thing called Google. You're a good fake. Everybody can be an expert on everything. But I, see, I quit learning because I got so caught up in one area of like social, you know, study what's it called uh human development are you ossified i'm ossified i'm calcified yeah Yeah. 
I don't, yeah. I don't know the difference. You know, that actually brings up an interesting point that I hadn't thought about as I've been pondering this, uh, the, that you can Google anything because you're talking about knowledge, right. learning, and we are now in this golden age of uh, information retrieval Yes, where if I don't know how to uh, pronounce a word, I pull out my phone, I hit the little microphone, I, I say it, and then it'll tell me mm-hmm. or it'll give me the definition. I can look up, you know, give me some background on uh, Beethoven's Emperor Piano Concerto, and it's right there. And so do we really need to learn things anymore if, Interesting. if it's so if it's there, readily accessible? Yeah. Why do I need to go through the old mode of uh, recitation and, and, you know, trying to memorize things for a test to regurgitate it on a test and then delete that information from my brain because I've only got, you know, well, four gigs of RAM in my brain. Yeah, right? but you have a lot of storage. You could, you could fill it up in storage. I actually, not my just brain is, is about the size of a walnut. And if, and if, I, <laughs> if I'm not careful, it becomes That's dislodged. And it, it's like, those, that, you know, you're trying to get the little pee in the, yeah. the cup. Do you feel like you, um, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I learn. I mean, I learn stuff every day, but it's, I don't, like we were just talking with Alyssa that you need to spend time. You need to, you need to focus every day on spending more time learning. That sounds like a task. That sounds, it sounds hard. That but, doesn't sound very enjoyable. But you, there's no, for example, you know, every all, all rock learning, band. All every, learning is self-learning, you know, yeah. and, and no teacher can ever shove it down your throat. That's right. But, but you've been talking about kids today, right? No, we, we, yeah, we've kind of been talking about all knowledge. We had Ken Jennings on the show who won two and a half million dollars. Did he answer every question with a question? He didn't. And I didn't dare bring that up because <laughs> you don't want to tick off a Jeopardy expert. You, don't, you might be in Jeopardy. Well, that is like the oldest joke in Jeopardy interviewing. Is it? Did you, can you reframe that in a question? <laughs> Rephrase that in a question. You know, I think about little kids, and it's been 20 years now since we've had little kids, but I think that, you know, a, a baby, a, a toddler is, I mean, we know that they are just this giant sponge that are just learning at an amazing yeah. rate of speed. I right. mean, they're just they're just soaking it up like a sponge, and then that begins to decrease over time until they become a teenager, and at which yeah. point they stop learning. That's school. In, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but and so if that's true and it is then how critical is it that we teach our youngest children the most important things you know i, I think oh, that's of, great first teach it first prioritize right because i think if there was a knowledge and using the word knowledge as the umbrella for yeah. all of the stuff that goes into your brain and into your heart uh, you know, I think you could put a hierarchy on that for, you know, at the very basis level, there's data. Uh-huh. And then if you go deeper than that, there's facts. But facts are open to interpretation. If, mm-hmm. if you and I are on two different street corners, we see a car accident, we both think we have the facts. Right. But uh, that can be manipulated. Yeah, and two sides of one fact, right? Right. And then you go a level deeper and then you have truth, right? Now you're getting into the real th- yeah. w- what matters. Ir- like irrefutable. Yeah, and if you wanted to go another level, you could say eternal truth. And eternal truth is completely independent of our perception of it. Mm-hmm. It is something that has always been true yeah. and will always be yeah. true, whether we want it to be or yeah. not. Or because there's a lot you, of stuff yeah. we want to change right. to, to say, no, this is true, that's no, right. that's true. Whether you, know? you get it or not, whether you care about it or not, it's still going to operate. Forever. And so that's, if you're going to prioritize the hierarchy of knowledge, that's what you want to uh, soak into that little one-year-old brain because I am quite sure. sure that everybody in this room and perhaps everybody listening believes at least two or three things 
that are absolutely asinine oh, and yeah. insipid. Uh, yeah. But we're but we're absolutely oh, yeah. positive they're true. Why? Because we learned them as a one year old. That's right. And the the deepest knowledge, you know, it's first come, yeah. first served kind of That's thing. Right. And the first knowledge we get is what wraps its roots around our heart and you will never pull it out. Ken Jennings brought that up. I believe that if you sit too close to the TV, your head will turn to mush. <laughs> and I learned that as a one year old. <laughs> I did. And he's he blew it up. That's not true. That is not that true. That is not true. But you won't believe that because I you learned it as true. a baby. Well, and I've seen my kids and their heads are mush. Perfectly intelligent, rational people believe ridiculous things yeah. because they learned them as a child. All the more reason then to teach eternal truths huge. to these little babies so that they, on the other hand, if you want that child to grow up to be miserable, yeah. teach them lots of self-destructive behaviors by example. Right. As a child, and you're really getting them off on the wrong well, foot. That's probably the, the one of the the root areas of bias, of uh, of bigotry, of a lot of thoughts. Is we learn young certain beliefs, and right. you're racism. How is, do you get it? How do you get racism out of a brain of a one year old that learned it from a racist parent? I think the best thing you can do is teach them how socially unacceptable racism is, and then they will do a good job of faking. Then they the fake fact it. that that's they're it. not racist for and that, the rest that's what of their I think life, is just, just to us, avoid the, the, right. the backlash. That's right. Know? And a lot of us have probably just learned to have to fake it because it was already taught generationally. And now we go, we bend over backward to be, you know, uh, um, you know, socially acceptable yeah. or politically correct. And you know, we put up a, a nice show, a good facade yeah, that, of, oh yes, I'm, I'm very it. tolerant of. That's probably what a lot of what Ferguson ended up being about is. We still don't understand, and yet we still think we might understand what was going on in Ferguson, Missouri. But forget the shooting thing aside, but just the pain of the groups, we don't understand and we don't try to understand. And I guess that's part of learning is we don't want to go the mile to go figure it out. Or, and, you know, or to can't. walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, right. sometimes it's justified, sometimes not. Right. You know, hard, hard to tell, hard to judge. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's a big learning. So how do you suppose—this is why we brought you in, because you are the elder— I am I. Well, you're the elder of the group. Oh no, you you've got a good ten years on me, Matthew. (laughs) You look horrible then. (laughs) You look so messed up. I'm a victim of riotous living. (laughs) You lived crazy. You had to because if I am older than you, I'm 35, dude. (laughs) You are not 35. 35? No. No. Alyssa, she just actually she turned her head. That's that's the look you only get like when you just saw someone get hit by a car. (laughs) She turned her head like, don't even look at it. La la la. So how do you suppose we teach this to our kids? Like, how do I teach them? I call it a universal, like a universal principle of truth. I think there's certain truths that are self-evident. They're universal. They're timeless. They're predictable. You'll see them in every culture. You'll see them everywhere. You just have to pay. That's why I believe every major religion, even though they're all formed on different country or different, uh, you know, parts of the planet, they all still could bring you a universal concept like do unto others the way you'd, you'd have them do unto you. That's a concept every major religion teaches, yet we didn't start at the same place. Somehow there's yeah, this I'm, truth that it, came out. It's it, Yeah, it, it, universal human truths. And, you know, even people – I, I think there are people who are trying to call good bad and bad good. Mm-hmm. But even they, if they were confronted with genuine evil, would have to acknowledge it uh, because you <laughs> – there is 
there's good in the world and yeah. there's bad in the world, and you can pretend like it's something other than that, but pure evil is what it is, and yeah. pure good is what it is, and everybody knows that. That's right. And you can see it in every culture. I mean, that's why you can see stories in the Ebola breakout about the most incredible stories of love and people still serving these people with Ebola, even though Sacrifice. they may very well catch it and die. Right. So, I mean, those stories are everywhere. And then you'll see it in inner cities. You'll see Mother Teresa. You'll see people that possess it. I think that's powerful to teach your kids that there's something universal. There's a universal good concept and get that when they're young. Yeah. Uh, How do you do it? Yeah, you got to want to, I, I, I guess. I guess you've got to see it's, it. It's a, it's a conscious effort. Um, I'm sure we're all guilty of, of living a double standard and, and wishing that we, you know, do as I say and not as I do. Sure. At the end of the day, that doesn't work no. because, it, it, you know, you take a seven-year-old kid and you go out mowing the lawn while he's watching you mow the lawn. Oh, yeah. And he's thinking, come on, Dad, put me in the game. I can come do on. that. I can do Let this, me Dad. do that. Let that me looks the, fun. He'll hold the middle bar, the yeah. bar that's a little lower to the ground. Yeah. Let me on the that. other hand, if you tell the seven-year-old, go mow the lawn, they're going, uh. Dad. Uh, Example is huge. It's everything. We want to, the people we respect and admire, we want to do what we see them doing. It's true. And even if it's, if, if it's a destructive behavior, something inside us goes, yeah, I, I guess that's okay. I guess that's right. Yeah. But, we, but we've got to get to the deeper truth. We're talking with Mark Waite. Uh, we call him the elder. That's your new title. The elder. The. I like the the. The elder. Not the eldest. That would be offensive. You're the elder. Wise. You're an ageist. I am an ageist. You learned that as a young child. I totally did. And I've just offended Don, so I've got to go apologize after, too. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more from Mark Waite, the elder. Uh, He's going to continue to teach us what else we should be teaching our children. More fun wisdom from the wise man. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, the wise one, the elder, the elder statesman. <laughs> I keep making up names. It's and interesting you say wise, though, because that is a huge part of this discussion. Mark the difference Waite, between, by the way. Between instilling knowledge and wisdom. You know, wisdom See, wisdom is kids. what you're talking about, because you're teaching. We need to teach our kids this deeper level, other than just data, we can, we can teach a bunch of data, but we need to get deeper to wisdom, to those deeper truths. I, well, I don't know that you can teach wisdom. I mean, because we, we're talking Wisdom's about applied truth. information. Well, applied yeah. truth. So, so you can teach truths to, right. to children, the, the big picture stuff. By yeah. the way, before I continue, is that a jar of slugs and formaldehyde you have over there? <laughs> no, those are... Um, that looks like a lab sample. Those are pickles. That belongs in a science lab. Sean has been pickling... Pickled what? Slugs? Cucumbers. Are cucumbers, sea cucumbers. They're no, pickled they're sea not, cucumbers. Not, they look like sea cucumbers, <laughs> but they're just garden cucumbers pickled by Sean O'Neill. Well, you want one? You can get you can get one of them. 
I had a huge he Japanese for cucumber for lunch. I and ate really? an entire like a twelve inch long Japanese cucumber. I thought I smelled trying, something funny. They don't. You can't smell cucumbers. They have zero f- smell flavor. Anything. So why did you eat it? Because I'm trying to lose weight. Well, you look great. Thanks. You look great. <laughs> do, do I carry it well? You carry it so well. It seems wisdom, to have moved. So, <laughs> Move from your chin down. So great. wisdom, I, I, can you teach wisdom? You, no. you teach truths. You teach truth and then And the wisdom applied. comes from you You fall down and scrape your knee. A child learns wisdom yeah. by scraping their knee. And they go, you know what? Next time I'm going to be more careful on the roller right. skates because I didn't wear like pads. The, the scraping on the knee. Yeah. So you can't teach wisdom, but you are a wise one. But you're teaching us that there's truths – and there's some universal truths that that are that exist. We need to discern what those are and then hand those down. Right. And so, I mean, you know, if we do live in a world where all facts and data are easily accessible online on your phone in a matter of moments, then should we still keep wasting our time trying to instill those in the child? That's a Truth, great however— you're not going to necessarily find truth on your no, phone no. by by clicking the button right. and saying you'll find data that might possess truth. Siri, what is the meaning of life? You know, <laughs> you can try that. I don't think you're going to get the best answer. Right. Uh, so yeah, prioritize. Little children are sponges. Teach them the right things, pri- the, the most important things first. And then you know, I'm sure there's educational psychologists who would scream at me for saying this, but I'm I'm not sure that we need to waste time teaching them the 1492 because right. when the teacher says, "Hey, when did Columbus sail?" You know, everybody yeah. whips out their phones, or and, you just know and the they song. all know. Once you know the song, 1492, yeah. or you can Google the song and let that play. <laughs> play that on yeah YouTube. So I think that's a big debate in education as to what extent you let children use these electronic devices. Um, are we crippling them with the use of these devices, their ability to think, uh, or are we just speeding up the process and well, being efficient? But you also have to figure – you also probably have to teach them what truth or what data is believable. Um, we had a guest on here that talked about you do a search on – I can't remember. I, I don't want to even – I don't even want to guess at the term because if you search th- what you'll find, one of the first things that is like – it was like – I don't know. I don't know. It was some date in history. And you search the date in history, and then all of a sudden you get to some site that's inappropriate. Or you get to a site that seems appropriate, but it teaches a very slanted view of history. So part of what – just because the information's available online doesn't mean it's all accurate. So in right. a weird way, you almost have to teach them how to learn, how to search, and how to know what truth is. How to discern truth, yeah. right, from, that's, from error. And, uh, yeah, I think that if you have taught them the basic core principles, then when they are confronted with the lies that they will be confronted with, they're going to be in a position to discern those lies. You know, at the end of the day, it's um, picking up little Sally, who's two years old, holding her on your lap and opening a book uh, and, and spending time with them in such a way that they're learning becomes experiential, that it is assisted and mentored by someone who loves them and has only their best interest at heart Mm -hmm. and not turning it over to someone else. Yeah. Um, Because nobody's going to teach a child. I've never even heard this before, but I suspect it's impossible for someone else to teach a child as efficiently as the parent can teach the child. And it's not just a matter of time spent or access to that parent. It's a matter of, uh, you know, families are 
like the most powerful thing there is that if, you know, you can take people that are, they'll, they'll just, you can't divide. Where, what am I trying to say here? There are people who will go to ridiculous lengths to protect their family. Oh, yeah. Even if they don't love their family. You know, you, you yeah. will watch literature. Yeah. Here's a king yeah, who hates his son. Yeah. He hates his son, but by golly, his son is going to be the next king, and he will he will start wars to ensure that. Because so learning would be the same. They would. There's nobody that will have such a an vested interest. Yeah, that's true. In that I child, that's totally right. And even if you don't know how exactly, uh, you're still going to probably try harder than anyone else. And I think you might more intuitively get know how to recognize and get into this child because. You rep- I mean, they they're are a part you. of you. They're, I, mean, right. I always tell my boys, you're like a little piece of me that broke off and started growing, you know, for, for better or worse. Because you're, like they, a, you're like a nubbins <laughs> that fell off of me. And <laughs> you, you, I can see the best of me and the worst of me yeah, totally. in all three of my boys yeah. in, in different quantities. <laughs> this son has this quality of mine, and there are very few, by the way. It's so true. This son has this failing yeah. of, of mine. And uh, it's just you are going to they're going to become a part of you yeah they already are a part of you so boy spend the time finding out what matters the most when when you when you tell your children you are a chip off of me mm-hmm. what face do they give you mine are like <laughs> it's kind of like a hey i got I, I don't sick know. To i've my never stomach. i've never noticed next Maybe time you, watch their face yeah and see if they turn away like Alyssa did a minute <laughs> see, ago yeah, see if it's a positive like a train, thing train or, yeah, she had thing. to look away like don't look it's embarrassing <laughs> he might fall out of that chair <laughs> kind of thing yeah well i you know boy it's there's nothing more amazing than watching you know, planting a little seed of an apple seed, and then it begins to grow. And, you know, we learn one thing at a time. You know, if I were to tell you how to record a string quartet, mm-hmm. and I gave you the list of 50 minute things, that you need, here's a microphone, use this microphone, put it on this clip, put it over here, over the, plug it into this jack, you'd go, uh, I, I don't know, too I don't much, know what you just said. Yeah. It's overload. But if I tell you one step at a time, say, take this microphone, put it in this clip, Put it on this stand. Yeah. Plug this cable into it. That's how we learn is one little thing at a time. And that's why the answers to questions, we want the answers to our questions to come immediately. Mm -hmm. They almost never do. The big questions. And so if we can realize that we learn line upon line gradually, one little bit at a time, and if we can teach that way and be patient enough to learn that way. Yeah. Before you know it, this little apple seed becomes an apple tree, and it's producing thousands yeah. of its own kind. Deep roots, and, and that's that—that's that little baby. I, I think, and I think the principle of it is, um, I'd rather teach my child maybe a principle like a universal truth, like moderation, than every diet. So there's a thousand diets, but like you're saying, if you can teach him one principle and get it deep. Get them to understand it. You can build other principles on top of it. Every diet is made up of principles. Exercise, I have moderation the right food, do you hydration. Want to know the, you want to know the best diet, well, by the way? I do have pickles. the best diet. No, it's not pickles. Easy. Easy diet. All other diet. This is the one diet to rule them all. This is it. A wide variety in moderate quantities of natural foods plus exercise. I see. You just complicated. Four, four things. Moderate quantities yeah. of a wide variety Spread of natural out. foods. Natural meaning. So it wouldn't be made by hostess. Made, made, things made by God and not by man. Yeah. And exercise. 
No other diet can touch that right there in a nutshell. Four steps. That's great. Yeah. I should I should write a book. You should maybe but I should I, would I, I should monetize this. If that's the if that I would shorten the title. The only diet in the world that matters. I, I should need to monetize Mark, this. Wait. You should. Get on it. Why haven't you done that yet? Why can't why can't we do that? Why can't we have moderate quantities of no. a wide variety of natural foods and just No, be see, done I, but I think every one of those are principles basically to Right. Good make good sense. But then, you know, but then people like they'd rather have a practice. They'd rather have like a Jenny Craig practice than those principles. Be monitored. We all need oversight. We also get to blame Jenny Craig. You can't blame moderation. And we want to spend and money wide on wide varieties. We want to spend money. Yeah, we do. Mark, you're a good man. For quick fixes. That's right. You're the wise man, and now you're the wise uh, health guru. That's your new title. Wise health guru. And I look like a million bucks, don't I? 35? I'd say easily. you easily look like a quarter of a million bucks. (laughs) Soon to be half a million. Half a mil. Mark Waite, you're the man, the myth, the legend. Go check him out, folks. Through the garage door. It's on evenings here on BYU Radio. Midnight Eastern, 10 o'clock Mountain. Midnight Eastern for those of you that can't sleep. And uh, it's great. And you're snarky on that show, which I like. You I save all my best stuff for you, though. I know you do. <laughs> you're good. Okay, we're out of here. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. We're going to play our own little Jeopardy game. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. That is the uh, hoedown music, which means this is the final, final segment of the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been talking about knowledge, you know, keeping learning alive in your life. Earlier we had Ken Jennings on who won $2.5 million from Jeopardy. 74 shows he won. And so we decided, you know, in honor of Ken Jennings, we are going to play our own episode of... um, Jeopardy. We're going to have our own game. Is that mm-hmm. right, Sean? That is correct. Now, uh, if only... In my best game show voice. Wow. Is that the best game a show A brand voice? new car! Wow! Yeah, thank Woo! you. Where's Where's the cheering crowds? If only we had some Jeopardy music. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be neat? It would be great. There you go. That's the theme going in. This is Jeopardy! See, I could take over for that guy. <laughs> oh, this is good. All right. This, this is getting me okay. in trivia So mood. this is how it's going to work. Uh, if you want to raise your hand, whoever's in there wants to answer. And remember, you must form your uh, your your response in the form of a question. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. You must respond in the form of a question. Okay. Uh, Alyssa has a uh, chart over there so you can see which questions have been asked. And here are the categories that we're working on in this we're not going to go through two sessions. We're just going to get through a few questions here. But we have a category, computer stuff. Then there is Mac or PC. The word, the answer will begin with Mac or will have the initials PC. Wow, okay. Then there is Old Testament heroes. Oh, boy. Complete the lyrics, which I'm thinking Matt will not know any of those. <laughs> uh, nope. And then there is the uh, category teen choice. Ooh. That's due to the fact that all of these questions came from a Jeopardy episode just recently, July 29th. Wow. This year, 
and it was the 2014 Teen Tournament semifinal. Wow, I wish I had watched. Mm -hmm. We had a sophomore, a junior, and a senior in high school competing against each other. How did they do? Uh, they, I'll tell you after we're we're done. Okay. Um, all right. So, Matt, are we all playing? Everybody can play. If you want to yeah. raise a hand, okay. uh, then then you can answer the question. If you and whoever raises their hand first, man. Okay. They're, James, they've all got their hands up. Already. I know. I know. Okay. 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 They think they're gonna. Do I win. get to pick the category? Yeah. You start. Start first. Matt. I will start with Mac or PC for four hundred dollars, please. For four hundred dollars. All right. The question or the answer is. This vehicle is also called a black and white. Oh, what? This vehicle is... Juan, Juan. you got us. What is a police car? Correct. What? What? PC, the initials PC. PC. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Great job, Juan. We also would have accepted police (sighs) cruiser. Oh, man. Yeah, see, we don't even get this right. Choose a category. Choose a category, Juan. Uh... Old Testament heroes for a thousand. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, the answer is when a chariot of fire appeared, this prophet went up who? into heaven. I oh, I totally had it. Who had? Who? Who raised it first? James. James. Who is Elijah? James. Very good. Yeah. I knew that. that pretty good. Yeah. I'll take Old Testament heroes for eight hundred. <laughs> when the queen of Sheba heard of his fame, she came to prove him with hard questions. James. Who is Samson? Eh. Oh, crap. Um, um, Bummer. Um, Give you a hint. It starts with the same letter. Hmm. Time's who, up. Who is Saul? Who is Solomon? That's, I was oh, going to guess that. Solomon, I'm Solomon's so angry temple. at myself. Okay, gosh. This That's is... Dang. Okay. James, still you. Computer stuff for 600. Computer stuff for 600. Hmm. Before a game's release, Joe Gamer may be asked to play a pre-version usually referred to by oh, this oh. Greek letter. Who was first? I don't know. Uh, I think James. I, I, I'd say, uh, what is beta? Beta is correct. Uh, yes. Jerk. Hey, by the way, uh, will you tell James he has to have his hand down? Okay. <laughs> James, choose category. Computer stuff for 800, please. Computer stuff for 800. Man. The answer is... You may have worked with a newfangled cash register called a POS terminal. Oh! The POS standing for this. <laughs> Who was first? Who was I think that one. Well, there's two versions of it. There's one clean. <laughs> I know. But it would be point of sale. Very good. Very Matt sale. got that sale, one. Is that what you, I know. Sale. I can't say sale. Is it sale? <laughs> it's a Utah accent. Point of sale. Point of sale. Point of sale. Point of sale is, yeah. Sell or sale? All right. Choose a category, Matt. Ah. I'm going to go with um, complete lyrics. Complete the lyric. Complete the lyrics for $400. For $400. All right. The group is of monsters and men. The lyric is There's an old voice in my head that's holding me back. Tell her that I miss our blank blank. Mike? Is it Little Talks? What is now? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Little Talks. Wow. Good job. Okay, Thank Mike, you. This is Choose a category, easy. Mike. Let's do uh, Mac or PC for 800. Mac Ooh. or PC for 800. This Seattle mastermind is one of three coaches, one of the three coaches who to win a college national championship and a Super Bowl. Oh, no. Oh, I know who he yeah. is. I know who he is. I know who he is. 
Who is he? He's from USC and <laughs> Seattle. Oh, what is his name? <laughs> oh, what is his name? Time up. I don't Time's know. Time's up. Pete Carroll. Ah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Who is Blasted. Pete Carroll? Mike, choose another category. See, that's okay. why I can't do this game. Let's I can't do think that computer stuff for a thousand. Computer stuff for a thousand. Uh, is it Imager? I-M-G-U-R dot com? Yeah. Imager.com has a button to make this four-letter cultural reference that often spreads online. James, or I mean Aaron. Oh. What is meme? Very good. Dang it. Mm. Totally had that one. Wow. Okay, Aaron, pick the category. Okay, okay. okay. Um, Teen choice. Teen choice for 1,000. All right. These are usually all numbers, by the way, in this okay. category. In Italy, it's considered unlucky. Fear of it is sometimes called... Heptadecaphobia. Heptadecaphobia. Matt? What is eight? Incorrect. Oh, blasted. Oh. What is 18? Incorrect. What is nine? Incorrect. Why does this matter? You guys are like <laughs> negative 2,000. Yeah, you've lost so much money. <laughs> I think I'm winning. 17 oh. is the answer. Oh. Heptadecaphobia. 17. How is that okay. 17? Let's do teen choice for 600. Teen choice for 600. It's the title of Adele's debut album. Mike? 21? Incorrect. Oh, wait. I know what it is. James, stop looking it James up on Google. James is cheating. James is cheating. It's Matt? 11. No. It's 15? <laughs> Incorrect. 18. No. 14. What is 25? No, it is 19. What? Nobody got it correct. <laughs> what? He cheated and he was wrong. It is 19. 21 was she, Adele's she new album named... titled 25. But we want she... the debut album. The debut no, album. The first album. Boo. Right. Yes. Album Adele names all of her albums after her age at the time of making the album. She was 19 oh. when she Being made the first oh. All right, uh, Aaron. Okay, okay. Computer stuff, 400. Computer stuff for 400. A single processor sharing multiple jobs is doing this, like when mom tries to drive and put on makeup. Multitasking? Raise your hand. What is multitasking? Please, please form your, uh, phrase your answer in the form. What is multitasking? Very good. Yes. Hmm. Maddie, you're now negative 1,400. Um, well, I'm not cheating, so I'm going to have it. So well, all right, Maddie, last question. Okay. Oh, let's do complete the lyrics for 1,000. Complete the lyrics for a thousand from Paramore. Yeah, after all this time, I'm still blank blank. Oh no! After all this time, I'm still a. I'm. St- I. What is? Matt? I'm still in love with you forever, ever, and for time. No, and it's ever. I'm still not over you. <laughs> nope. <sighs> I'm still into you. Oh, yeah. oh, I was close. All right, so close. That's it. <laughs> wow. Thank you very much for playing. Oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, we did. We got to do Final Jeopardy. Final Jeopardy in yeah. Spanish and French, the word for Friday, and Maddie, you know the answer already. The word for Friday comes from the Latin for day of this goddess. Aaron. Who is Venus? Very good. <laughs> wow. I also wow. put down a million dollars. So. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Well, that's okay. what I said too, but I had and a million. The check is in the mail, I'm sure. <laughs> if, only you, if only we had a million dollars. We'll get it you. from Ken. Do you think if we had a million dollars, we'd give it for Final Jeopardy? No. No. We'd buy some more food to eat. Yeah. Thanks for I'd joining more us. more pickles. That's it. More pickles for everyone. Thanks for joining us, folks. That's the show on knowledge. Again, our goal on the show is to give you the tools the, that you need to get through life. Here's a quote for you on our way out. Our background and circumstances may have influenced who we are, 
but we are responsible for who we become. Tomorrow, folks, it's all about trust, baby. Do we trust others and can we be trusted? That's our show tomorrow right here on Sirius XM 143. We'll talk to you then.